When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring, live on podbean.com and on the Podbean app. Thank you again for joining me. Um, so, craziness has been going on in the world pretty much all evening. So, I'm going to get into my original uh, my original topic of the New York slime uh, being trash from the New York Times, as usual, and their outstanding golden boy of a governor, Andrew Cuomo, the guy who can't speak to anyone without yelling his whole brains out because that's the only way he knows how to talk. But, yeah, welcome to the chat room, Scuba Steve and Sean, glad to see you are both hanging out listening to the show um but anyways uh the craziness has been going on is uh, um apparently little fat bastard kim jong-un he may be dead he may be in a coma he may be just perfectly fine he may be at his uh his vacation villa somewhere wherever in in or around Pyongyang that might be, but Twitter has been absolutely blowing up with all the speculation on Little Fat Bastard. Um, As far as I know, he he has had, he has had, uh, had a heart surgery earlier this week, and it didn't go so well. But then again, you know, the, uh, Hong Kong reporters were saying one thing. South Korea is saying, oh, no, no, he's fine. It's fine. We understand they're going to not going to allow anything bad to happen. And uh, it's been reported that a team of doctors from China have actually gone in to check on his recovery. So, I don't know. We will see. But there's lots of people who are really excited for his sister to possibly be taking charge of the country. Uh, In fact, I've been seeing some stuff on Twitter. Uh, Newsweek columnist Seth Abramson tweeted, still processing the possibility that North Korea will have its first woman leader before the United States. Uh, Tom Dangora, I don't even know who he works for, uh, New York City producer, director, musical, Naked Boy, singing a musical about Star Wars, Addy and Uno Wonderettes, Hillary's number one supporter and proud of it, blah, 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 blah. He tweeted, North Korea is going to have a woman leader before the United States of America. 
let that sink in. Yes, keep in mind, it's also a woman leader who was not elected by the people of her country because, you know, it's a dictatorship. And she's probably just coming in guns blazing saying, I'm taking this power. Female leader worked for South Korea. It may work for them. We will find out. Uh, well, here's the difference. That's, uh, that's from Sean t- uh, texting that in the box. Uh, yeah, yeah, we could find out. But the problem is South Korea has what they call a democracy. Actually, I believe they have a republic because they are the rock, the Republic of Korea. But North Korea, not so much. North Korea is also very much a patriarchal society. So we really don't know how the uh, generals and senior party officials are going to react to having a woman president or a woman leader she very well may end up like her uncle and fed to the dogs you never know and so there's going to a huge huge possibility of extreme instability with north korea as far as all that goes so the most we can really do right now is wait and see what actually happens. Is Kim Jong-un really dead? Is he really in a persistent vegetative state? Because I know a lot of people criticize Trump for saying it, that you know, he wishes him well. If he is really sick, I hope he does recover, just because not because I sympathize with a cruel human rights abusing dictator. Uh, I'm talking about Kim Jong Un. I'm not talking about his sister, who is also a cruel human rights abusing dictatress. I guess would be the proper way to say it. Yes, yeah, she has been. Um, she has been censured by the United States Senate for human rights violations, just because you know she's evil, just like her brother. But I hope for the people of North Korea and I hope for the stability of the region that Kim Jong-un, if he is in fact just not recovering well, I hope that he does. Let's see. Steve says America just had a bunch of women running for the Democrat nominations and their voters said no. Let that sink in. Seth Abramson at Newsweek. I'm saying your name specifically. Eh, that This might be a Twitter response if I remember to actually respond with that. But so all this is going on, and it's absolutely amazing how many people are just throwing their hands up and cheering that uh, the evil sister of Kim Jong-un is going to take over, but... Uh, reading from National Post, if North Korea's Kim Jong-un dies, who will be his successor? And this is uh, published earlier today. Uh, speculation about the future of the despotic regime has been swirling since media reports of varying credibility indicated that Kim Jong-un might be near death after he failed to appear at the April 15th celebration of the founding of the country. 
On Friday, uh, Reuters reported that China had sent a team, including medical experts, to the reclusive nation, though the news agency said it could not confirm what the trip signified in terms of the leader's death. As we've been saying, North Korea is incredibly tight-lipped about anything health-wise that goes on with Kim and anyone else in the Kim regime. Unless it's the brother nobody likes, and then they're like, eh, yeah, we had him assassinated. What you going to do about it? Go screw yourselves. But, you know, that's just who they are. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the show. Glad you made it. Uh, we Just so you know, we waited on you like one hog waits on another at the trough. Just saying. Ah, my cousin Kenny is in the is in the group. What's up, buddy? Uh, intelligence devices have cast doubt on the notion that Kim is near death, but if it turns out to be true and the obese, heavy-smoking kingpin dies, the question of who will replace him will have major geopolitical impl- implications. Uh, much the chatter suggests that his younger sister, Kim Yo-jong, could take over, but in a patriarchal nation, that might be a tough sell. <laughs> She is, according to research on the reclusive nation, already referred to as number two, writes Robert Collins, an analyst of the Committee for Human Rights in North Korea, in a report on North Korean power structure. Party cadre have reported both fear and are reported to both fear and respect here. Oh my god, I cannot read. Uh, the nation sandwiched between South Korea and China has been ruled since forties since you know since uh, Kim Il sung. And a lot of, again, the biggest speculation with her is will the party actually allow it? Now, maybe she will come in guns blazing, knowing perfectly well what not having a, knowing perfectly well what their society expects and rounds up the top political party leaders, top generals, and maybe she puts them in a room with a bunch of angry honey badgers and lets them get torn to ribbons just to demonstrate how her actual strength. I don't know. Kenny says he feels possibly a war if that would happen. Sean says she could be worse than the current country leader they have now. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. We don't know what she would be willing to do in order to cement her power. That's, again, part of the reason why I'm concerned about the stability of the region. Is she going to, as a show of force, reach out and attack South Korea? Is she going to launch rockets at Japan? Again, that's that's a long, long history lesson about the entire Korean Peninsula and Imperial Japan. It's not pretty. But, I don't know. I'm just hoping that we actually have real news from that region soon. And that on top of all the coronavirus garbage that's going on, you know, we have answers on what to expect from that region. Um, Going back until going back to the time of uh, Kim Jong-il, he chose his not older son, you know, Un, to take over because his older son, 
he wanted to denuclearize. He was he was for reunification. He wanted to walk back from the uh, hard line that the party has been pushing for since Kim Il Sung. Well, because of his not being so interested in you know maintaining the dictatorship, he was passed over for for Kim Jong Un, and that's the reason why he was exiled to Macau, where Kim Jong Un had him assassinated by two chicks rubbing VX nerve agent in his face. What's him? That's a ballsy way to do it. Uh, Kenny says COVID-19 is a conspiracy. If the election was to be called off, it would be gone. You know, it's Pat not. I'm not willing to go out and say anything as far as COVID-19 being a conspiracy to control elections or anything. Is there a lot of people using the COVID-19 stuff to secure power and wealth and finances off of it. Absolutely. Um, a group of, uh, yeah, socialist globalist world leaders got together. Like what? Just last fall. And you know, you got find this stuff online. It's not conspiracy theory at all, you know, cause they have a website if you search, um, what was it Event Two Hundred One, where they study the reaction of the world to a potential plague on top of global warming? Then they on what they can do to secure power and to better position themselves. Uh, to destabilize the world and to make their agenda, you know, really push their agenda as a as a one world government. Let us all come together and hold hands and sing kumbaya as the UN controls everything. I, it's I know it seems all creepy and conspiracy theories, but it's, like I said, it's out there. You know, you had people, you know, George Soros, uh, Bill Gates, uh, the head of the CDC was there. It's it's really crazy, all the stuff that went on with that. But like I said, I don't think it's a, you know, it's something where the United States has gone, you know, we're going to get involved with the Chinese and we're going to develop this bat virus and make it to where it kills people. Yes, that's how we're going to take over the world. Ah, that's just getting a little, little too crazy for me. And I'm willing to go out on a limb and believe some odd stuff sometimes, but yeah, neither hither nor yon. But in all of the, you know, all the craziness uh, with COVID 19 stuff. And here's where I'm going to step all over YouTube's toes because they've already said if anyone is pushing some anti-World Health Organization coronavirus stuff, we are going to work on censoring them because we just don't want to be, you know, going against World Health Organization, you know, because, you know, 
who doesn't want to go against a UN uh, facility such as the World Health Organization that's headed by a China-backed communist who's not a doctor, the same kind of guy who would, Kim says, the who blows goats. We're not talking the band, we're talking the UN organization. I really don't want to get into a, you know, Rod, I don't want to say say the wrong name, but I really don't want to get into a, you know, the provo- the proclivities of one of my favorite '60s rock bands. So, so I want to make that one clear. But yeah, you know, the Who is you know they're headed by uh, Tat Doctor. They they say Doctor Tatros. He's not even a doctor. Mister Tatros. You know, an Ethiopian communist who was part of a, you know, what was deemed a terror organization. The guy who, when as the health minister of Korea, of Korea, oh my God, there's a barking mastiff in the background who's getting my train of thought all discombobulated. As the, uh, he was the head of the Ethiopian health ministry, and during a cholera epidemic within his borders, he refused to call it cholera. In fact, he was calling it, quote, acute, watery diarrhea, end quote. Because he didn't want to have to answer to the World Health Organization trying to come in and deal with the, with the epidemic. He didn't want to have foreign aid other than China coming in to do anything. But yet, that's who we're supposed to be listening to, you know. They got press releases from China saying that, oh, no, no, well, you know, we've got this under control. It doesn't spread human to human. It'll be fine. It's just you know, one or two people. And our government bought it. European governments bought it. Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, eh, not so much because they're, you know, they're used to China's bullcrap, so they're not going to. Just, oh, oh, okay, well, everything's hunky-dory over there. We're just going to uh, turn our backs and not do anything because, you know, China says. <laughs> uh, Tony says, you can't call it a cho- you can't have a cholera problem if you don't call it cholera. We've seen a few countries ban calling coronavirus the coronavirus. Yes, um, was it Turkmenistan, I believe, is another country that said that we're not going to call it the, call it the uh, coronavirus anymore. In fact... It's illegal to refer to the coronavirus as such. So who knows what they're calling? They're probably calling it the Wuhan flu just because, you know, coronavirus is, well, if you don't name it, then it's not there. Kind of like uh, Voldemort, you can, well, he who shall not be named. Or, or, maybe, or maybe they're being philosophical about it, and it's Schrodinger's virus. You know, you don't, if you don't see the virus... Then it's not there. Did you? <laughs> Kim would understand people around toilet paper at the store then. <laughs> Absolutely. But with with all the stuff going on with that, you know, more stuff's been coming out about China's influence on all the uh, media reporting on it. In fact, uh, I have a Blaze article here. This is uh, from 
released yesterday, China pressured the EU to change a report about their pandemic cover-up. And they did. They covered up the actual cover-up. As a bombshell report from Reuters documented China's successful effort to soften a report from the EU that would describe their, quote, disinformation campaign, end quote, about the coronavirus pandemic. The Reuters report cited four diplomatic sources and was published on Friday. Sources said the European report on the Chinese cover-up was set to be released on April 21st when Chinese authorities heard about it and persuaded the EU to postpone its release and edit its comments. Uh, Reuters review corresponds from a senior Chinese official warning that, quote, if the report is as described and it is released today, it will be very bad for cooperation, end quote. In one example, changes made the excise portion of the report clearly blames China for a disinformation campaign. This is the, uh, this is the, a, a quote that was stricken from the original report. Quote, China has continued to run a global disinformation campaign to deflect blame for the outbreak of the pandemic and improve its international image. Both overt and covert tactics have been observed. End quote. In the edited version that was published publicly by the EU, China's role is reduced significantly, with the disinformation campaign being attributed to, quote, state-backed sources from various governments, including Russia, and, to a lesser extent, China, end quote. A later note adds tidbit of significant evidence of covert Chinese operations on social media. Many have accused China of covering up the culpability and the spread of the global pandemic, including Senator Tom Cotton, who said that he believed China ceded cases in other countries in order to maintain their relative global power. Now, I believe that is a bit of a mischaracterization of what Senator Cotton was saying, because I remember seeing him on Fox News and other outlets, you know, saying that, yeah, it it's definitely tied to these... Uh, research facilities in Wuhan but it not necessarily in the form of they created the virus and he even said early on that you know and as discovered in uh, di- American diplomatic cables from you know two three years ago there were a lot of concerns about security protocols um safety protocols within these research facilities. So we've known about them for two, three years and about the lack standards there. And so, it, but the, I think where they're saying it was quote seated end quote is the fact that, yeah, they knew it got out and they shut down internal flights throughout the country you know, from Wuhan, but you could still fly internationally out of Wuhan. And so it allowed uh, students traveling on student visas to leave the country. People traveling, you know, if they got, uh, if they got an immigration visa, say to the United States or to Europe, well, you could still move out move to those places, even though you may have possibly been exposed to a deadly deadly virus that no one really knows how to treat or how to deal with. But, you know, go on. And 
yeah, I think that's where they're getting the whole seated thing from. But again, it, it's it's a lot of speculation from all sides. But the fact that you know China was telling the World Health Organization how to respond, how to publicize any information with this virus, and they listen. Again, possibly because uh, their director wants Chinese influence to still be coming into Ethiopia. They're telling the EU what to do, and the EU bends over backwards to, you know, to acquiesce to China's request. I mean, we really have to be paying a lot of attention to what's going on with China, regardless of, you know, with when this episode goes up on YouTube, I don't know, is YouTube going to take it down? Are they going to demonetize it? Not that I'm making any money off any of this, you know, outside of uh, donations. But these are the things, these are things, what is YouTube going to do? YouTube is apparently acquiescing to China. You know, like I said, there, I said that earlier their CEO was, uh, is already talked about censoring stuff that's anti-World Health Organization when it comes to, you know, all the coronavirus stuff. Um, I was doing my show prep, and there was an article from... Oh, I have to find this here. It was from Verdict. It's a, a news site out of, uh, out of the UK, and they had an article about this... Uh, what YouTube is going to do to censor this, all this WHO stuff. I clicked on that article and I got the, uh, the ever popular error 404 page, not found. Huh? What's going on there? I mean, is, is YouTube and China already, you know, taking shots across the bow? Figuratively. So make sure we understand that's a figurative statement. Is it said that every time I hear someone say China, I hear Donald Trump's pronunciation of China. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm starting to get that way too with certain certain words and phrases where you hear it and you know you just have an automatic. I would almost call it a Pavlovian response to, you know, you hear certain things, um, uh, on there's, uh, certain commercials I'll hear and they'll use the phrase, if you have a problem, we'll solve it. And the first thing that pops in my head is vanilla ice. Check out the hook while the DJ revolves it. I don't know why it just happens. It's weird. My brain I don't know how my brain works or why it works the way it does. And everyone else. (laughs) Yes. Kim has the exact same response to hearing the phrase. We'll solve it. (laughs) And Sean says, ice, ice, baby. Yes. I'm not so old. People, people get my references. Yay. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll get to uh, some of these stories coming out about uh, 
the New York Slime. Be right back after this. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast, and as always, stay relentless. All right, uh, coming back after this. So, first of all, I've got to say, this uh, this episode is sponsored by my good friend uh, down in uh, Copper's Cove with uh, Cedar Hill Woodworking. Uh, excellent, excellent work that he does. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know Cedar Hill Woodworking, uh, he does custom uh, laser engraving. He does a lot of stuff for uh, people who do who are into D and D and other tabletop games. He makes dice caddies. He makes dice towers. You know, take your hand handful of D and D dice, throw them in the tower, and it spits them out at the bottom. And it kind of helps more. Does a better job of randomizing how stuff comes up. Uh, he does three D printing of uh, figures for D and D, Warhammer forty k stuff like that. Uh, Go check out his uh, shop on Etsy. Go to Etsy.com and search Cedar Hill Woodworking, all one word. Uh, great, great to have him as a sponsor of this show. He helps keep me on the air doing what I do for you all. So just go there, check his stuff out. Uh, Cedar Hill Woodworking, great, great friend of mine. All right, so as I was saying, New York Slime. So we... we we all know New York Times is amazing when it comes. They do. They actually do some really good reporting. Uh, they do great reporting there. Sometimes uh, Maggie Haberman is. She has been accused by Donald Trump even of committing random acts of journalism. I know. I know. It's scary. People at New York Times doing things, doing things right. But um, so was it earlier in the week? They were New York Times was pushing this big story about how Donald Trump he he fired an FDA official for going against him on the on the hydroxychloroquine stuff, and the guy immediately, you know, as soon as he's quote fired end quote. Uh, He hires the same uh, whistleblower attorney that represented uh, Christine Blasey Ford, you know, in the whole uh, Justice Kavanaugh confirmation bullcrap. That's just interesting. No, no, Ivan, there is not a number they can call. Don't even ask. They know you're thinking it. All you weirdos who listen to Pat Gray and you hear... That went nonstop. I already know it's going through your head. <laughs> Kim was just going to say that same thing. 
Yeah, so I'm no fun, I know. So an article from Red State, uh, media push fake news about FDA officials supposedly fired over opposing hydroxychloroquine. Then the real story comes out. Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm not Pat Gray. I am not making the apocalypse fun, okay? I'm just here to give my opinion, and y'all can either take it or leave it or just give me all your money and ignore anything else I have to say. Either or, I'm good. All right, it's almost like New York Times is nothing but partisan gossip rag. Yesterday, a story was put out by Maggie Haberman that made a rather convenient claim that just so happened to reinforce every media narrative. Namely, that an FDA official named Rick Bright was fired for selflessly sounding the alarm and on the supposed vast dangers of hydroxychloroquine. Oh my gosh. But, like all stories that appear in the Times and other mainstream outlets, it's always best to give them a few hours. In this case, it, it didn't take long for the real story to start coming out, and you'll be shocked to learn that Haberman's original piece was completely wrong. And so, does this has uh, the tweets, which apparently my phone assumed I was wanting to actually look at the article from New York Times, even though I don't have a subscription, and uh, it'll only give me like a paragraph. But a tweet from the New York Times, Breaking news, a doctor who led a U.S. agency helping to develop a coronavirus vaccine says he was removed because he questioned the promotion of hydroxychloroquine, a drug endorsed by President Trump without rigorous vetting. It's New York Times. you got to read it like that. Stop judging me. I hate you all. Uh, in March, it's another, another tweet here. Oh, for example, Bright himself requested the FDA give emergency approval for hydroxychloroquine. And it actually has a, a tweet just popped up here. In March, Rick Bright requested the FDA issue an emergency use authorization, EUA, for emergency use of oral formulations of, of chloroquine phosphate and hydroxychloroquine sulfate for the treatment of 2019 coronavirus disease, COVID-19, blah, 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 blah. And it actually has a memorandum. You hate us all, but we love you in a totally, non <laughs> totally non-hugging way. <laughs> yes, yes, strictly platonic. I'm, I'm sure that's the truth, Tony. Yeah, Sean says he took malaria medicine when he was deployed to Iraq in the past. Yeah, I have too. I've, I've had lots of doxycycline go through my system. I've even had a mefloquine, which is like a once-a-week drug that apparently they stopped using because it causes hallucinations and stuff. I don't know. All I know is that, you know, had some funky dreams and was sensitive to light. And, you know, get sunburned really easy on mefloquine. It's really crazy. Kim takes hydroxychloroquine twice a day for five years, still normal. Normal is a relative word in these day and this day and age. <laughs> sure, military. Kenny says he's sure military folks didn't even know what they stuck us with. Eh, for the most part. I mean, I've been vaccinated against smallpox twice. I'm waiting for someone to catch that, and I'm sure they're... But anyways, but yeah, they actually have a memo that uh, this 
Dr. Rick Bright, Ph.D., sent saying that, you know, or the, well, not the letter he sent, but the actual response to him. This is response to him was written on March 28th, 2020. So almost, so what, almost a month before he was fired for standing up to the Trump administration. And, you know, this letter from the FDA says, Dear Dr. Bright, this letter is in response to your request that the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, issue an emergency use authorization, EUA, for emergency use of oral formulations of chloroquine phosphate and hydroxychloroquine sulfate for the treatment of 2019 coronavirus disease. Blah, 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 blah. And so that means what? There was a response given to him almost a month prior to him being fired for allegedly standing up to the Trump administration over it, which means he would have had to make the request another week, maybe, before that, before the FDA wrote back. So, that yeah, that really draws some questions as to the actual story um back to the article does that sound like someone deeply skeptical of the drug who's just attempting to stop that dastardly orange man from harming people but it gets worse uh update rick bright vaccine expert who said he was ousted for opposing trump's drive to acquire malaria drugs recently praised the acquisition in the acquisition in internal emails and then goes to a tweet that's got um, leaked email. Uh, there's a copy of a New York Times article. But, but uh, it's got where people are asking him to comment. Well, if you said you're fired for this, why are you praising the president just a few days earlier? But the Trump administration has been working to oust Bright since last year as officials battled with him over his management and leadership, with permission sharing this timestamp text from individual with knowledge of those fights. And there's some text. Uh, this is from January 2nd. This is from well before we knew anything that's really starting to go on with coronavirus and we're really before we really start pay any attention to what was going on in China. China. I'm uh, not sure who these are from, but uh, one, one says, funny you quoted Rick Bright on Twitter. He's not long for his job. Uh, response, what have you heard? First person, Yo, he's going to be removed from his job for incompetence and insubordination. I said this is like a release released with permission, you know, back and forth via text. Again, January second, four months, four and a half months before the dude lost his job. Back to the article, not only was Bright not fired for anything to do with hydroxychloroquine. His ouster has been in the making for a long time before anyone was even concerned with the Wuhan virus. 
Apparently, Bright has a history of insubordination and believing he has more authority than he does. Knowing that he was going to be fired anyway, he's now spinning a fake narrative that he was simply a hero trying to save lives. Are you, are you ready for the best part? He's hired Christine Blasey Ford's lawyer, so you know this is totally legit. Yes, Bright is hiring Deborah Katz, whose malfeasance during the Kavanaugh hearings is well known. No doubt this is an attempt to push Bright as a, quote, whistleblower, end quote. Either for money or for via another congressional farce, it's also not a coincidence that Haberman knew Bright was hiring Katz almost immediately. The likely explanation is that this entire story came from Katz in the first place, and Haberman either got worked over or willingly chose to be her mouthpiece. It's the reason why the Hillary campaign described Maggie Haberman as a reporter they can count on. She and the Times continues to put out half-baked false stories, knowing they can hide behind the idea that they were simply reporting what they were told. Apparently, verifying information isn't within their purview. Take this deflection responsibility, for example. Now, this is a tweet from Seth, Man- Seth Mandel. The New York Times story about Bright was not structured as a story. It was more like a gossip item, forthrightly saying the whole item was he claims. People still read it as something over other than what it was, which is not New York Times' fault. What was it exactly? It should have been obvious. So, wait. It's not their fault for putting out trash? For It's not their fault for putting out stuff knowing the response that it was going to cause? I'm sorry if I go out into a city and I get people worked up into a frenzy and they riot... Guess what happens to me? I get charged with inciting a riot. It's not a difficult concept for the New York Times to go, well, yeah, we we, we kind of knew people would get all worked up when we put published that article. That was the point. But then, oh, no, that's not our fault. That's the fault of the reader. Maybe we should send the original Ghostbusters back to New York. Yeah, maybe. Um, except we don't have all of the original Ghostbusters, though. We we lost Egon several years ago, which is sad. Uh, Tony says, I think we're better off building a great big beautiful wall and keeping Kurt Russell away. Yes, we do not want Snake Plissken getting people out of that accursed city. <sighs> but, and... The, but New York slime continues um, because last week, the wonderful, wonderful governor, America's governor, as USA Today refers to him, Andrew Cuomo, he gave his opinions on things that he thought things that are worse than death. Um, I wish I had the audio of it, but a but a reporter was asking about personnel who are not in essential jobs being able to go back to work. And I'm not saying that uh, Andrew Cuomo is out of touch, but he literally looked at the reporter, if people are out of work, they should apply for essential jobs. Well, Wait, 
define essential jobs. Um, so someone who owns their own little mom and pop kiosk, they can just go and apply to be a healthcare worker. They can try to get on with the city that's in the middle of a budget crisis and they can't afford to hire anyone. I mean, and then it goes on to uh, elaborate that, you know, you know, opening up businesses and people dying, you know, there are things that are better than death. You know, domestic violence, bad, but it's better than being dead. Wait, what? So you're saying that a woman in a situation with a husband who's down and out because he was told that he's not essential and that, you know, he cannot work and he has a temper and he's perhaps, you know, gone to the bottle to help, you know, self-medicate while he uh, deals with his situation and he takes to beating her. That's better than getting sick and dying while trying to provide for your family? Um, what about people who are def- who define themselves by what they do? That's a uniquely American thing. You know, we grow up, well, what do you want to be when you grow up, Jimmy? I want to be an astronaut. You know, people in America are defined by what they do do tony is an airman that defines him um scuba steve is a submariner that's what defines him he's you know dads husbands all these things define us and when you take a big chunk of that such as what do you do to provide for your family and you just crush that and you lose your sense of who you are. Oh, and he's a pretty princess. I'm sorry, Steve. I didn't mean to leave that out. My bad. And you you just wipe away one of those huge thing one of those huge things that defines your life. Sometimes people you know, depression sets in. And people don't know what to do, and it compounds over time. They start self-medicating via booze or drugs, and you know they 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 can't find value in themselves now, and you know they turn to suicide. But hey, I suppose them killing themselves under Andrew Cuomo's logic is better than them getting someone else sick. And someone else dying. But hey, killing yourself is better than killing someone else, right? I mean, come on, Governor Cuomo. Is that what you're really trying to say here? Um, and now it's coming out that the uh, New York Post is reporting. Uh, this is from Wednesday. Governor Cuomo says it's not our job to provide PPE to nursing homes. Now... This is a state that demanded PPE, respirators, and other equipment. 
Scuba Steve says it's all count as death by COVID-19. Yes, even if you're uh, never been around a person with coronavirus, if they think that you know your great uncle's nephew's roommate's brother's best friend had it, oh, well, that's close enough that you probably got it too. So, yeah, line one, COVID-19. Line two, self-inflicted gunshot to brain. Anyways, uh, you know, Governor Cuomo says, yeah, it's not our job to give these nursing homes PPE. But at the same time, they were turning to the federal government for PPE and respirators. But if you told the states it'll be faster to do it yourself, oh my God. God, you just want people to die. It's like the the ultimate demagoguing that's been going on for the last six weeks. <gasps> oh my gosh, you just want people to die. No, I don't want people to die. Once you stop saying that and come up with a real argument. Anyway, back to this article. Uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo insisted that it's not our job to provide coronavirus ravaged nursing homes with personal protective equipment. Even as more than 3,000 patients have lost their lives in facilities ordered by his administration to take in COVID-19 patients. So, wait. You're ordering them to take these patients, but you won't have the state make proper equipment for the staff available so they can safely treat these patients? Huh. Quote, we have been helping them with more PPE, but again, it's not our job. End quote. Cuomo said Wednesday during his daily briefing in Albany. Pressed on why coronavirus patients were not kept out of the facilities, which treat the elderly and other vulnerable populations, Cuomo insisted that the state regulated but did not, quote, run, end quote, New York's privately owned nursing homes. Oh, yes, they don't run them. However, we give them a really strong suggestion and if they don't follow the suggestion, there will be, you know, consequences. Quote, you'll be out of business if you're not providing your staff with the right equipment. You're out of business. That we can do, he says, of state regulations. So, again, it comes down to, if you're not providing yourself the right equipment, you're out of business. But, you know, you're going to not give them the right stuff. I'm not going to get to the Johnny Morris thing because I don't work over there, so I really couldn't tell you. Z. Tony says, wait, it's not the state's job to provide safety equipment for their citizens. It's almost as if the state doesn't care if it's citizens aside from how many tax dollars they can squeeze squeezes for. Yeah, um, especially when those states are saying, uh, you're going to do this or else. You would think if they're saying, if they're going, um, I hate to use this word, but it's accurate. When the state comes in and tells a private business, how they're going to operate, I, I believe economically, that's called fascism. When the state is ordering private business what to do. 
But if you're going to order states or order private businesses what to do and then not provide them with the stuff they need, I believe you're setting them up for failure. Uh, Cuomo's insistence that his health department adequately regulates nursing homes was immediately contradicted by his own blunt assessment that, quote, if somebody says to me, should I put my mother in a nursing home now? Now is not the best time to put your mother in a nursing home, end quote. As of Tuesday, COVID-19 had killed at least 3,505 residents of New York State nursing homes and adult care facilities, almost one quarter of the state's death toll of 15,302, according to health department data. All officials have warned that tally of nursing home fatalities is likely an undercount. Hmm. Yeah, they're probably overcounting because, you know, oh, he was in a nursing home with 17 other people who had COVID who recovered. He died of COVID. He had cancer and he was here on hospice care. Yeah, well, you know, the the COVID just kind of, you know, finished him off. It was... Forget the fact that uh, can't, he had stage 4 brain cancer that was ravaging everything inside of his skull. And, you know, that was what was killing him that put him in hospice care. It was it was the COVID. Cuomo's not-our-job remarks came a little more than a month after he told lawmakers to, quote, do your job, end quote, and show up in Albany for budget negotiations. And it followed weeks of statements from Cuomo about the importance of protecting older people and those with compromised immune systems from the pandemic. Yeah, so it's all around hypocrisy. We're going to say, oh, we're concerned about protecting the old people and people with compromised immune systems. So we're going to force nursing homes to take these people in. And we're not going to give the staff the proper equipment that they may not have it in their budgets to buy. And then when people start dying, we're just going to blame the nursing homes because, well, if you didn't have the proper equipment, I'm, I'm sorry. Either you care about people and not wanting them to die, or you're just looking to control everything and you don't give a rat's anus about the lives that are going to be lost. So Tony says, I thought the state was all benevolent being, being that knew how we should live our lives. Are you sure they just want us to die? Um, if the song by Remy is correct, yes, you just want people to die. So, quote, those are people who are going to be vulnerable to the mortality of this disease. It's lives, it's grandmothers and grandfathers and sisters and brothers, end quote. And this, again, this is more stuff from Cuomo. And it's obvious he really doesn't care. And he's kind of bumbling his way through this worse than Donald Trump, who hasn't exactly been negotiating all this coronavirus stuff with, um, uh, you know, things changing and, you know, his little offhand comments about here or there. Uh, okay, I couldn't find an article about firing people. Everyone about his. Yeah, um, so uh, Kenny brought up uh, Johnny Morris. Johnny Morris owns, is the president, CEO of Bass Pro Shops, who owns Tracker Marine Group, 
or White River Marine Group, I guess now is what it's technically the overarching business is. Yeah, and they just went on a massive firing spree through the tracker plant uh, in our town and then turns around and, oh, well, uh, we're, we're going to uh, have all the salaried people that we didn't fire. They're going to take pay cuts and then we're going to turn around. We're going to donate a bunch of masks to uh, local hospitals. So, yeah, it's where you're seeing the charitable stuff, but you're not seeing the massive layoffs that went through Bass Pro Shops and all the boat plants. And when Lebanon, Missouri's, you know, chief economic group is, or chief chief economic uh, motor is the fact that it is the aluminum boat capital of the country, and you fire 400 employees... It's kind of a big deal. So, yeah, it's, it's this is kind of the local stuff, which also it's it, it also times out with it's that time of year where you know they built boats all winter, getting ready to sell them in the spring, and then it, it just kind of timed out with with the uh, spring layoffs on top of everything else. So it, it was just a double whammy. So hopefully they start hiring people back soon. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Uh, city of Lebanon is keeping a lot of the municipal stuff closed till June 1st. They've already announced, you know, a full month after, uh, you know, state of Missouri is lifting stay at home orders, which is awesome because, you know, my favorite charity event, it just, their 10th annual event just got canceled. So now starting at next year's event, it's going to be the 10th annual with an asterisk next to it because, and from every year on out because of the, this year getting canceled due to coronavirus. So yay, fun times. All right. That's going to wrap up the show. Th- again, thank you all for tuning in. Um, just a little, uh, little administrative note. I was on Patreon. Emphasis on was. I went ahead and I killed that off, which is absolutely nothing to do with anything bad that Patreon was doing. Um, it's just, as a middleman, it was um, it kind of a hassle. Have to wait to you know, get donations when they say I can have my donations. Because there's, there's times where, you know, it's like, I really need money to pay for X, Y, and Z. But I have to wait till the 6th, 7th, 8th, whenever. Show over so soon. I'm going to go over one hour by the time I get done editing the uh, stuff, you know, at the beginning and end. I know, I know. It's so much fun to sit here and listen to me rant at a microphone. This is, for those of you who don't know, I drive a yard truck all day. This is usually what goes on the yard truck, except there's nobody listening. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's people who just play the podcast in the background, pay absolutely no attention to words coming out of my mouth. But I love you for it. But So I, I canceled my Patreon just because waiting on the middleman stuff to come in is just kind of a pain. So if you go to RelentlessDaring.com, 
at the top of the page, at the bottom of the page, you'll see a donate button. You can set up a once a one-time donation, you set up a monthly donation. Um, there's no set amount. There's no minimum that you have to give. So, I mean, it, it's completely up to you on what you want to do with that. Um, all donations are highly appreciated. They keep the show on the air. They, you know, they pay my hosting service. They keep the website afloat. They buy equipment. Y'all just bought me a new computer that I'm going to be trying to get set up here soon. So, again, this is all stuff that goes to keep all this on the air for you to listen to. And I thank you so very much for it. Again, um, you know, if you're listening to this on podcast, remember there, you know, Apple, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, TuneIn. Um, there are just too many of them to name. Too stinking many. But, um, it's just so, for those of you who listen on Apple iTunes, four things. I only do four things. I only ask that you do four things. Excuse me. Number one, subscribe. That way you get notified every week when the new episode goes up. Number two, give it that five-star rating. The more five-star ratings it gets, the more the algorithms help people find it. And then after you give that five-star, leave a nice review. If you don't like it, just kind of, you know, fluff it a little bit. Make it look like you care. Please. That way, again, those five those five star reviews show up that hey, this is a really good show. People check out the review. Hey, other people like it. That's awesome. I'll give it a shot. And then number four, the fourth thing, share it. You know, put the link out there on social media. If you have a friend who thinks like you and you like the show, tag them. That way, they can hear it, or you know, send them the link directly. Or you can have a friend who you want to annoy the crap out of. Because they're a raging liberal, and you know this will get them, get their, get them all in a tizzy. Send it to them too. I enjoy spreading hate and discontent. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So please check it out, or you can always go to relentlessdaring.com, click the podcast link at the top, and it will take you. You can stream all the back episodes there. So again, thank you all so very much. Also check out the merch shop. Um, also uh, working on stuff. If you are donated, I'm trying to. I'm trying to come up with some thresholds. Uh, you know, if you give X amount a month or you give a one-time donation of X amount, boom, I'm going to send you something. You know, again, I will, I'll have that up on social media, on Twitter, at Daring Podcast or at Real Tyler Morgan. Again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.